Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover. Brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for being with me today. On the show, we have Dakota Riley, a pop artist from Nashville, Tennessee. And in Dakota and I's conversation today, we talk a lot about how she likes to use live instruments in her recordings. So it gives it a little bit of a throwback soul vibe in her pop music. But also, too, we talk a lot about the art of entertaining, not just writing songs and performing them, but what it actually means to get on a stage and entertain your crowd, to really engage your crowd. So I'm going to let her do a lot of the talking, but I do want to play a little bit of a song of hers for you. This one is called Good For You. So stay tuned throughout the podcast so you can hear it in its entirety. Everybody loves to love like it's a bad joke They don't know how I would try to get you close But I have to be someone that you know You know I just see the good in you I know I could be good for you All that puts up in a G-Ocean Like a key, I'll be the one to crack it open I just wanna love you No one's ever loved you Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. I am your host, Katie Thompson, and with me today, I have Miss Dakota Riley. Uh, so, Dakota, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad that uh, we finally get to chat. I know, I know, and I'm so bummed because I'm not actually going to get to meet you at the Music on the Move Studios Showcase. Dang. I know it, oh, I know, dang. it sucks. <laughs> I have. I just have well, so much going on in Ohio that. this month, it's just not going to be possible, but... Alright, next show. That's it, that's it, next show for sure. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the showcase. What, uh, what are you going to perform for us on the showcase at the end of the month? Yeah, um, so I am probably going to perform the first song uh, I ever released. It's called This Feeling. Um, Super upbeat and just like a great song to dance to. Um, That is my number one goal on stage to get people to dance. So um, probably performing that one. And then one I just released called Good For You. Um, I released it on June 3rd. Another great one. It's about, you know, crushing on someone. So the world has almost opened all the way back up and it's time to, you know, tell your crush you like them. So (laughs) that's always a fun one. Um, And then probably either another upbeat song or just one that, you know, showcases um, my vocals. I think that Marathon's such a great venue and um, the sound system's amazing. So got to really put some thought into that. But yeah, that's definitely the plan as of right now. That's awesome. Well, we're very excited to have you. I know Aaron is very excited. So thank you so much for, for doing the showcase and, and just being a part of the community. It's, I mean, we're, we're pretty proud of it, but I think the one thing that Aaron and I are probably the proudest of is the amount of talent that we get on this show is insurmountable. So thank you for being a yeah. part of it. Yeah, thank you guys. Honestly, like I was so excited. When I heard Marathon, I was like, wait, the last time I was at Marathon, 
I saw Maggie Rogers, yeah, which is insane. So I haven't been back since, and it's just so cool to be on the stage this time. Like that's it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's a really surreal feeling as an artist to to share the stage with you know essentially the people that you look up to, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's crazy because I remember like. Every concert I go to, I, I pinpoint certain things that I love about that artist's performance. Um, I've been doing it since I was a kid, honestly. Like, I used to watch Hunter Hayes or Carrie Underwood or whoever I was going to see. I was a massive country fan when I was growing up um, <laughs> for a little bit. I had a, I had a little phase. But, um, yeah, but so I, you know, when I watched Maggie a couple years ago, I was just writing and I hadn't released any of my own music yet. Um, but her energy on stage was just, I mean, it, it's unmatched. I think that, I don't know, she she's overlooked, really. She's um, incredibly talented on stage. She's a great entertainer. Um, and I just was watching her dance and be so comfortable and talk to the audience as if she really knew them. And I was like, damn, this is like really what I want my, you know, performances to be like and to emulate. And so now being able to perform on that stage where like that performance really affected me. Um, it's so, it's so weird how the world works, honestly. It's a full circle kind of thing. Like you, you watched, you oh, watch yeah. this artist, you know, perform on this stage and then for you to take a step on that stage, it's like, okay, and you've arrived. <laughs> yeah. I honestly feel like I, when I heard about, you know, that we booked marathon, I was like transported back to myself back then. And, you know, a lot of self doubt comes up right before you release your own music. And, um, I think that there's like with any artist's career, any songwriter's career, there's little victories with each step you take. Um, and this is definitely one of mine. And, you know, when there's super low times or times when you're really down on yourself, you can always think back to these times where, you know, you had a little victory and it's going to help you to kind of push forward and, and move forward with a more positive light. So definitely a takeaway of mine. I love that. That's so cool. Well, well, okay. Yeah. So speaking of music, let's, let's talk about uh, good for you. You just released that one. Mm -hmm. And so can you, can you talk about maybe the concept of how good for you came to fruition? Yeah. Um, so one of my best friends, Kendall Brower, um, and I were kind of talking through like ideas. Um, and then she pulled me into a session with, um, this guy, Parker Matthews, who's incredibly talented. He did all the production and, um, live horns and everything kind of conducted all of that on the song. Um, but basically all of us got in a room and we were kind of talking about, you know, <laughs> in your twenties and even beyond and, and before, when you have a crush on someone, um, it's really hard to, I guess, voice what you have to say to them um, in a way that is confident, that is, um, like, sweet, that is um, just the best way to say things because, you know, you can always get nervous and start doubting yourself. Um, and I just came out and said, you know, guys, I, I've always been one to chase people and, and not really care, <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? They reject you? Whatever. Cool. They didn't deserve you anyway. Um, yeah. And when we started talking about that idea, um, Kendall was like, wow, that would be really cool to write from that perspective, you know, saying, like, I know I could be good for you. Why can't you see it? Mm. Um, and so that's how it started. And so all of the lyrics are kind of, you know, they paint a picture of, like, 
me singing to that person saying like, you know, you're up late video games, like nothing else to take your night away. I could think of ways that you'll be entertained. Like I got you. Like <laughs> I, I know, I know I could be there in those nights and, um, it's definitely like a little bit central, but it's also like mostly really confident. And I think, um, for young girls, especially, but for everyone, it's like, if I can encourage them to be a little bit more honest in any light, um, especially with, you know, confrontation in, in a positive way, um, then that's, you know, what I want to do. So that is awesome. Yeah. There's okay. So I was just talking with a, a couple of friends not too long ago about this and how, you know, a lot of a lot of things uh, as far as what our youth are taking in can be can be a little over sexual and, you know, probably <laughs> probably a little too mature. So when yeah. a, when an artist starts, starts talking about empowerment, female empowerment and, you know, expression and, it, and it's not 100 percent tied to something that's sexual, I think that is incredible and I just, I have to say thank you because I, I wish yeah. there was more of that in music right now. I really do. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I mean, I think it, it comes from, to be honest with you, when I was a kid, it was too much, right? It was Dakota, don't say that. It was, um, you know, that, that's not, that's not right, you know, or, but it was really just me speaking my truth as a kid. Like it was never, um, it was never negative, and even if it was, it was something that I was noticing that was wrong in the world. I didn't know how to correctly voice it yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've carried that as I've gotten older. I've learned how to shape it into a positive light. And like you said, I mean, like half the time um, kids are taking in things that are, you know, overly sexualized. And um, But also I think they're taking in, like, not enough ways to, to effectively communicate, right? Yes. So, yes. like this entire generation is tied to their phone or tied to TikTok. instead of being like, Oh, like, you know, how was that night with your friends? It's like, did you see this person's TikTok?" Right. So, and I have a young, younger siblings. And so it's always like, okay, well, when I was uh, 14, 15, Instagram maybe just came out and God, I sound so old, but you know, it was like, Oh, like who's texting who? And even that was, I feel like a better form of communication, but I want, I still want like youth and I mean, even people my age just to get back to like, let's say what we really mean. And I mean, what really, what is the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, and I think this generation is, they're so afraid of rejection now because you see it on social media all the time. People just nitpicking each other to pieces. And so of mm -hmm. course they're going to be scared to speak their mind, but you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but I, I come from a generation <laughs> where, you know, Facebook didn't exist until I got to college. And so, you know, yeah. cell phones were just becoming a thing for people to actually have on their person all the time. And trying to have a conversation with somebody being so afraid of what they're going to say to you, like in certain circumstances, yes, I can get it, but not in just everyday conversation. And, and, and I think that's where today's kids are is like, they are literally afraid to have real conversations with people mm -hmm. and it's yeah. scary. Yeah, it, it is scary. And I think it'll always be scary, but I mean, I take a lot of wisdom and I mean, I love listening to people. I think that's just the songwriter in me. I love listening to stories and you know, what people that have experienced more in life than me have to say. And I mean, something that I've just learned from my parents 
and I'm very lucky to have learned effective communication. Um, I don't think that that is taught as much as it should be, you know, having a voice in your family, being able to say like, you know, my parents didn't say no, because I'm your parent. They said no, but you know, if you want to talk it out and you want to argue with us, go ahead. I mean, we, we want to make it known that, you know, in this household, you can effectively communicate anything you want, right? You might not like the answer, but I think that that goes for life too, right? So like, you know, if you're going to tell someone you like them, you might not like the answer, but like, at least you got it out there. And, you know, you feel, I always feel a lot better when I say what I'm really thinking. Um, I, I wish, I wish we, we all weren't afraid and especially, um, you know, just people younger than me. And I just, I think that there's something to be said for having a form of, uh, you know, communication that's a little bit beyond your years. Sure. <laughs> that's the only way I can really. Yeah. Yeah. The way to put it down for sure. So I, it seems like to me, like that's your strength is, is being able to communicate exactly what you want via your music. And so I'm interested to hear about your, your writing process, you know, like, so when you, when you actually sit down to start, you know, working on a song, how does your process start? And, and do you, do you focus so much more like on like, okay, this is what I want to say, or does it just kind of free flow mm-hmm. out of you? I tell stories. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very open, like in general in life, like, you know, I'm an open book to people that I just meet and that's just who I am. Um, granted, I won't share deep, dark secrets that are not mine to share, but you know, about myself, like if I'm having a shitty day, you know, I'm having a shitty day, you know, that's not something I'm hiding. So that's how I take myself into rights is like, you know, this is how I'm feeling or here's a story about something that actually happened. And then what's great about collaboration is getting a different perspective of that story, you know, because someone in the room related to it, but it's not exactly the same way that you experienced it, but you can pull from everyone else's experiences. So everything like like they say in movies like based on true events like every song of mine is based on a real event none of it's ever going to be metaphorical Mm -hmm. um and even if it is it was probably a story that's like that happened to me in my life um I think as I grow as an artist I want to always have a hand in the songwriting process but if that's not you know if I'm too busy or uh down the line like that's not feasible I still want to be able to cut songs that I truly really relate to each word and that fits my storyline. Yeah, that's smart, especially as an artist, for sure. You know, not just from a songwriter per- perspective. Yeah. How um, could you sing something that you don't actually relate to? And it becomes disingenuous, and people can feel that. Yes. And I've heard firsthand that you can see it on stage, too. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for the very self-aware artist who, you know, even even if you're just picking songs that you didn't write, you know, because sometimes your um, your record label might be like, hey, we have these songs we want you to choose from. You have to right. choose super wisely and you have to think, OK, well, if if I'm choosing songs that I know nothing about, my audience is right. going to see it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, 100%. So, okay, so you've been in Nashville, I think you said, for about six years? Yes. Okay. Um, came from good old New York. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah, so I, when I was looking at schools, it's so funny, I, I thought I was going to be an athlete for the longest time. Um, and so music was, like, always a hobby to me. But when I found school in Nashville, I was like, well, this city's, you know, unbelievable. 
and I think that this is where I want to be and this is what I want to do. And yes, it's a risk, but you know, high risk, high reward. Um, and then after, you know, I thought I was going to move back to New York and it just kind of ended up that Nashville was the place if you wanted to start out as an artist. So Mm. I stayed and here I am. <laughs> That's cool. So, so I wanted to know because because just a second ago you talked about going into co-writes. So, had mm-hmm. you been doing co-writes in New York, or was that something new for you when you came to Nashville? Yeah. So, I mean, I wrote with a couple people. I had a, a mentor for a really long time, and I co-wrote with her, and she like coached me and also was a co-write. So I was always doing that, and then um, I went to a couple songwriting camps that were like three week intensive camps when I was like 13, 14. Um, and I didn't know it was called a co-write, but I knew that we all wrote a song together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then here, of course I learned all the official terms and, uh, things like that. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was writing ever since I was writing music, I was, I was co-writing and I think my parents helped to facilitate that, putting me into these songwriting camps and helping me to find a mentor and, um, So that, you know, when I did get to Nashville, it wasn't like everything was such a huge shock. I mean, it still was shocking, but. Yeah. Okay. So when did you, when did you start songwriting? Like what age? Uh, When I was like younger, I laughed because I would like write poems to people Mm -hmm. um, based off of how I was feeling. So like if, you know, if I got into a fight with my parents, I'd like write my dad a poem (laughs) to be like an angry, (laughs) it'd be like an angry poem. Um, or something. Uh, God, I hope he hears this because he'll crack up. He saved a couple of them and we read them back and we were just like dying laughing. But, um, that's amazing. So I started doing that. <laughs> I started doing that and, um, I took piano and guitar when I was, uh, eight, nine, ten. Um, and I like, I'm still pretty medium at it because most of the time I was learning by ear. Um, and I focused more heavily on voice and, and vocal coaching and, Um, but so as I was like learning piano and guitar, I would like have my poem book out and I would just kind of sing random, you know, lines at my piano. Um, and then I would just start to like, you know, I would, I was a huge Taylor Swift fan when I was little and I would try to structure it. So like I would have four lines that said this and then, you know, a verse that said this, I had the, the fearless, um, (laughs) piano book. (laughs) And so I played those chords. And I do like, you know, four lines for a verse and, you know, I wouldn't call it a verse, but it'd be part of my poem. Uh, And then two lines and, you know, so then it kind of like turned into songwriting, but then I, you know, ended up having that mentor and she kind of taught me more about structure. And, um, but yeah, I was really young. I was like 11, I think when I really started putting it all together. That's awesome. And then, and so then what age did you do your first songwriting camp? They, so I was 13. Um, everyone else was, I want to say like 15 or 16 and had been doing it for a really long time. Um, but so, yeah, so I went to the camp and I mean, I was young throughout everything. I I graduated high school at 17. I graduated college at 21. Wow. Um, yeah. So I don't know how that happened. Uh, (laughs) I definitely didn't skip a grade. I think I was just on the younger side of of my birth year. Right. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty young and, but what's great about that is you're challenged when everyone else is older and they've been doing it for a long time. Like 
I, my competitive side came out at 13 like oh wow they're writing you know really great songs i should be doing the same i play video games nothing else taking that away i could think of ways to be entertained you know i got you babe everybody loves to love like it's a bad joke they don't know i would try to get you close but i have to be someone that you know you into into co-writes and stuff like do you do you still kind of take some of the tools that you got from these camps or have has your songwriting evolved so much that you know you've kind of moved away from that oh god um I think like definitely over the years uh I've taken I always was like a fan of melodies and um so I think that's that's stayed the same since I was a kid Mm -hmm. um I just always wanted to find new ways to sing something um, so I think that's always been my strength, but the process has definitely evolved and changed over the years. I think like lyrics have gotten more complex and, yeah. um, just, you know, the, the form of songwriting now as a, you know, mid twenties, um, person who's experienced what I've experienced versus like a 13 year old who has the whole world in front of them, um, is definitely a little bit different. Well, and I, I meant as far as like, you know, the techniques and stuff that they, that they had taught you. Cause I personally, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't do my first songwriting camp. If it, if you want to call it that I didn't do one until I was like in my late twenties. So, yeah. um, I was just curious, like, you know, what kind of processes were they giving you? Like, you know, when you first were like, you know, 13 and then, cause you did two other camps, like how did, like, yeah. I, I guess I just want to know, like, because because I'm so interested because I if yeah. if I would have known about songwriting camps at the age of 13, I'd have been like, Mom, sign me up. Do it. You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they um, like I said, with structure and stuff, I mean, it's a really important thing to learn. Um, and so I think like that's something that we really touched on, you know, in the beginning when I was like 13, 14. Um, and they would kind of come around and they'd look at our songs and we'd have like talks about them. So we'd have like group talks we'd present. Um, and then essentially once the song was like edited by the camp instructor, um, it would be ready to perform. And so then we'd get into rehearsals and, um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, as I got older in the second term of it, um, there were like different groups. So there was obviously like beginning groups. It's really like any summer camp for kids, Mm -hmm. um, and so then that second year that I went back, it was, okay, well, now you know the structure of the song. Now you know how to kind of put it all together. What could you take from last year um, to make it even better? And now this time you have to kind of perfect two songs to perform and then rehearse those two songs with your group um, to perform at the like showcase at the end. That's cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, is really cool. 
I, like I said, if, if I would have known something like that would have existed, I'd have been all over it. Um, but that's, oh, yeah. that's a unique experience. So that's, that's yeah. really awesome. So, um, okay. So now, you know, let's, let's fast forward. Now you're, you're, you know, mid twenties songwriting, you're in Nashville and you have a new EP <laughs> that you are about to release. So let's talk about yes. that. Yeah. So I have poured my heart and soul as every artist says, um, when they're getting ready to release an EP, but really it's been like, you know, 15 to 18 months, these songs have sat with me. Um, and I mean, there is a song on there. I have live instrumentation on each instrument. Um, I have gospel vocals from one of my friends, gang vocals, like gang claps. Um, good for you has live horns from the Clemson marching band, or I think just live horns in general. I don't know if all of them were from that, but, um, yeah, I mean, insane stuff. So I've really taken like the soul Motown, you know, aspects that I really like, which was always the live instrumentation um, to heart with the EP. And I think the second tier of like my artistry has been the focus of, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to release an EP, I want everything to sound almost identical when I get on stage. So um, that has definitely been like the focus point um, for all of these songs. And I'm, I'm really proud of every single one. I think that, um, it's just a great representation of who I am as a person, who I am as an artist and like the track kind of going forward, um, of where I want to be. That's wonderful. And, and I love that you're using, you know, so many live instruments because in this day and time, a lot of people have gone super electric and in the box and, you know, uh, it's just everything gets very, very overproduced. But when you have the warmth of those live instruments, it just it brings a recording to life. Yeah. Tell me about it. Honestly, I I get sick of it, really. Like I, you know, New Music Friday is a great playlist and I, I often refer to it. But I think there were a couple times like and there always is like a week or two where I'm just like, oh, my God, everything sounds the same. Yeah. Um, That's just me being honest. I mean, it's like. I I couldn't pinpoint, you know, live instruments. And so I had someone tell me once that you should just do what you like and people will follow. You shouldn't try to please the listener. And so I've really taken that to heart and just like, I do not want to digitize my music at all. I got to commend you, friend. That's that is huge. And I and I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah, you need to follow your arrow and you need to just do you. And and your friend is right that the the listeners are going to follow. And and in this day and time, the, the best thing about social media right now is that you don't need a record label to, you know, go viral and develop a following that mm-hmm. is going to be loyal and true to you. Because if you stay loyal and true to your art, that is what they're going to feed off of. Yeah. And I hope that I think I've always been um, just stronger on stage. And so like not hiding behind, cause that's not the correct term, but you know what I mean? Like if I were just to release music and never perform it, you wouldn't really get the whole like gist of me as an artist. Like I think that, these songs on stage versus what they sound like on the recording, although they sound great on the recording, it just brings them even more to life on stage just because that's my happy place. Yeah. So it'll be even more um, telling and and hopefully I'll develop even more of a following. Like once people start to see like what I'm like on stage and what the songs sound like on stage. For sure. And you know, this is really cool. I don't think I've actually spoken to an artist yet about 
their performance on a stage. And I would really, really? yeah, not yet. I mean, the majority of the, the times, like in the interviews, we've just been talking about the music and the process for the music. But I would love to yeah. know more about how you see yourself as a performer on stage. If you could just talk about, you know, what that energy is like for you and what you strive to do as a performer. Um, that's actually really interesting. I feel like as I was growing up, uh, I always performed. It was less about like, obviously I didn't really record music at the time. And so I was always, I was on stage since I was like four years old, just doing like talent shows and things like that. And so I've been like addicted to it Mm -hmm. since I was a kid. I would make my parents film me in our living room, just doing some random (laughs) performance. (laughs) It meant nothing. I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, I would just get up there and sing some gibberish. Um, but I think now it's like that, that is the focus, like applause, um, you know, the applause is super important and just making people feel like they've escaped their lives watching you because that's how I felt in the past. Yeah. Um, I used to watch like on loop. I still do it sometimes. I love the Super Bowl performances. I don't know why. I just think like that's entertainment. Whether or not the artist has an incredible voice, whether or not they're a great musician, it's great form of entertainment Yeah, and it gets people going. And that's always what I've aspired to have is like a stadium full of people that are just all on the same level. They all want to just like, you know, zone out and listen to the music and be fully present. And so it's like, how do I work my way up to that is basically my thought on stage. Um, like I perform like I'm <laughs> performing for a stadium every time I get on stage and whether or not it looks ridiculous for the four people watching, I don't really care because hopefully one day, you know, I'll actually be there. Yes. That's awesome. And, and it's so true. It doesn't matter if you're in front of an audience of four, 40 or 400,000, you've got to give it your all every time that you take that stage. Yeah. I feel like I get the flu like the next day. Like I always feel like I was hit by a bus. But yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how I've always been. It's like, you know, you either give it your who half asses things. I don't know. I just I can't. So even if it's like just you and I, I will give you the show of a lifetime. <laughs> you know, just because that's the that's the goal one day. If you don't practice who you want to be now, you know, you'll never get there. So Yeah. Well and I I feel that sometimes there are a lot of artists that don't talk about the art of performing enough mm-hmm. because it's completely yeah. different from just writing music. And and I'm not trying to be critical, but you know, you've seen people who take a <laughs> stage and you're like, okay, well, they, they have a fantastic voice, but I'm about to fall asleep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can name very famous performers where they stood on stage in all black and just sang and there was no dancing and there was no bopping around the stage even if there wasn't choreographed dancing there was nothing other than them just singing yeah and i would never ever see that show again right exactly exactly and and you have to think about it you know people pay really good money for concert tickets now yes and Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's an it's an investment at this point and I, I'm not going to actually name names here, but the last time that I went to a concert where I was just so let down, it was for a ridiculously famous artist and they, ju- and I'm not even going to use pronouns. Like I'm just going to use very yeah. fluid <laughs> pronouns here. They just sat at their piano and didn't even acknowledge the audience. 
Oh, wow. No. Nope. And that's I mean, Greg. that's just Greg. We're talking, this was a massive outdoor amphitheater. There was probably, oh, good Lord. It, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of people Jeez. at this, at this concert. And I just, all I could do is just sit there and look at the stage and go, this is it. This is what you brought. You're like, why am I here? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and I never, I mean, even as a performer myself, I never want somebody to come to my show and think, man, that was a waste. Yeah, no. I mean, w- the best thing ever, whether, like, my favorite thing to do, and I did this at, honestly, a show recently, if someone's not paying attention, you sing directly to them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, if someone's on their phone or they're chatting with their friend, I did it to this girl uh, at a performance I had like recently and she was like talking to her friend and like wasn't looking at the stage or like paying attention at all and so I just stared right at her and sang right to her yeah but like no engagement at all I mean god I don't know I would probably leave right I know I we didn't I mean and I got lucky that really I got the concert tickets for free because my uncle was like hey do you want these I'm like yeah sure I'll take a few friends why not and then at the end of the night the four of us were like well really glad we didn't pay for this (laughs) yeah god oh my god I can't imagine that (laughs) there have definitely been times where I I mean, because it can happen with shows that are so big, you know, like uh, Barclays Center or Madison Square Garden, where the show is just so big that you feel like you're not acknowledged. But they do bigger things to make, you know, the audience in the back feel special. Yeah. It's hard when, I don't know, it's just you have to make everyone feel known and feel special. That's like, that's our favorite thing as like humanity. We just want to feel like known and and special in some way especially at a concert you want to feel like taylor swift flying over the audience knows you like in her little carriage or when i was eight like (laughs) watching her you know (laughs) absolutely well and okay so you know somebody like like pink her uh 2019 tour good lord have you watched that documentary yet she i haven't seen the documentary but all i ever associate pink with is that one award show i want to say it was the vmas where she was hanging upside down from the ropes yes singing just give me a reason yeah like she i i was like there's i mean she's not lip syncing no nope. can all tell she's not lip syncing yep. she's she's unbelievable like i i sometimes i'm like i will never be like that and i i don't care. <laughs> no, there can only ever be one pink, and that's fine. Seriously. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but you know, in terms of being a performer, like, she puts on a show for her people, and she is she's mm-hmm. so overly critical about her performances so that she can always make it better. And I, I just personally feel like if you're going to strive to perform in front of people, then that is a, like, it's, it's a level. You have to set a very high bar for yourself and go, I'm going to walk out on the stage and I'm going to give these two people in the crowd the best night of their life. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that is so that hits the nail so hard on the head with like who I am too. every single show. First of all, I come off the stage. I'll be completely transparent with you. I come off the stage every time and I'm like, that was shit. (laughs) That was shit. There's so much we could do better this was whatever like I'll celebrate for a little and then I'll be like okay cool so any constructive criticism like I'll tell my manager or whoever like cool what about this song right what about this when you know I did this or I did this run because like 
if you're not every single show going into it, this has to be better. This has to be unbelievable. Like every single show that you do has to be one step ahead of where you were. Like there's really no point. Yeah. No, and I hear you, and I, I think that is the mark of a true professional, Dakota. You you care. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I try, and it's like even those days that you are down on yourself, like I know that that constructive feedback and um, like always having a goal and always working towards that goal is positive in itself. Like even if sometimes it feels like, damn, you know, my run didn't really work out or, you know, I tripped on stage or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in the moment, you got to brush past it and you have to move forward. And then, you know, after the show, then then you just as long as you're not as long as it's not like detrimental to your mental health to the point that you're, you know, just ripping yourself to pieces. Right, right. Yes, it's it's very important to go back, look at a show and go, okay, we got to tweak this, this and this. And then I think it's even though that is so incredibly important and it's crucial, I think it's even more important to be able to let it go and move on. Yeah. Which I'm working on, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist and although that can be very positive and, and really helpful, it's also exactly what you said. It's, it's can be hard on your mental health. Um, and so that's why I like originally I didn't even want to, you know, pursue artistry. Although I knew in my head, I always wanted to perform, I was like, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to be way too hard on myself. And so it's been my life's work to be like, this is okay. Like I said, little victories. Yeah. You know, every every single experience you have as an artist, like what little victory can I take out of it? And I'm, I think I'm just going to keep on that way even when I feel really down because that'll help with that mental health portion of, I mean, I know not all artists are like this. I know some are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Like, Woo, you know, and I wish I had, I, I try to have a little bit more of that, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely a huge perfectionist. And so it's, it's that balance, like really finding that balance. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say it's, it's about finding the balance and, you know, allowing yourself to make mistakes because we're human, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've I've talked to a lot of people who who go to concerts and you know they're just music enthusiasts and the one thing that I hear so often is you know I love it when I see an artist make a mistake on stage and laugh it off and just go eh well that happened whatever you know and they kind of make yeah. a joke about it and then they move on and it and it just it shows that you are human and you're not just a machine. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, because I think if you give it energy, you'll forget, like, I would just forget where I was altogether and lose focus if yeah. I didn't just laugh it off, which right. has definitely happened, and I'll, like, chuckle, or I made a comment on a live stream that I did, it was an hour-long live stream, and obviously there was no feedback from a crowd or anything, and I think we messed up on, like, the beginning of a song, and I was like, guys, we're live, I said something like that, like, we're live, guys, um, <laughs> And then we restarted. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and good Lord, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've I've started a song off in the wrong key or or even started the wrong song to begin off a set. That just happened oh, yeah. last week with my band and I, and they're, and they're all looking at me like I'm like I've got four heads. And I'm like, it's right. fine. Just, just go with it. Let it go. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just really have to brush it off at that point. I mean, like I said, trying to be uh, less, you know, Dakota, you need to be a machine and and more just free and and easy on myself. 
Yeah. Well, I I think, you know, with, with the conversation that we've had so far, I mean, you sound like a consummate professional. So even Thank even you though, so much. yeah, no, and it's important. And I, I love talking to other artists who who take their performances so seriously, like you take your performances yeah. just as seriously as you take your writing. And that just like I said, yeah. it's the mark of a true professional. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I think it's like, I am huge on motivational um, speeches and TED Talks and Brene Brown and, and just like a very inquisitive person. And I always want to learn about how to better myself. And I think like the biggest thing is showing up as you want to, you know, progress and like who I see myself as um, in a couple years. And so showing up professional now when I don't have a label and I don't have publishing and I don't have you know, uh, a million people following me on Instagram, but showing up as that same person that I hopefully will be one day with all of those things, you know, and selling out stadium tours and whatever. Like if I can work on being that now, hopefully one day it'll happen, right? That like manifestation, um, which is something that I'm learning to do. Yeah. And setting the intention. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I really appreciate you saying that. And I, I, it means a lot it really does yeah absolutely well look I I am here if anything to to give artists a platform and try to you know just help them get their music out there and I think that what you're doing is is wonderful I think that your music is great and and I'm really bummed that I don't even get to watch you perform at the end of the month Um, next time at marathon you know I'm gonna put that out there we'll manifest that now absolutely well, friend, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It's It's been an absolute pleasure and a joy. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's been awesome talking to you. I'm, I, like I said, we will manifest you being at a show. If I have to, you know, come pick you up and, and take <laughs> you to one, we'll, we'll find a way. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Oh, I could be good for you. All that pent-up energy and emotion. I can key all you want to crack it open. I just wanna love Thank you, Dakota, so much for coming onto the show. If you want to learn more about her, you can find her at dakotariley.com. Links will be in the show notes, so don't you worry about that. Thanks so much for tuning in to Paradox Jukebox. If you want to learn more about us and Music on the Move Studios, you can find us at musiconthemovestudios.com. If you want to reach out to me, if you've got suggestions for people to come onto the show, or if you'd like to submit yourself as an artist, you can find me at Katie, C-A-I-T-I-E, at musiconthemovestudios.com. Thanks so much, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Many thanks to our founder of Music on the Move Studios, Aaron McClendon, for this epic theme song. We'll see you all later. Bye.